Welcome to Breaking Banks, the number one global fintech radio show and podcast. I'm Brett King. And I'm Jason Henricks. Every week since 2013, we explore the personalities, startups, innovators, and industry players driving disruption in financial services. From incumbents to unicorns, and from cutting-edge technology to the people using it to help create a more innovative, inclusive, and healthy financial future. I'm J.P. Nichols, and this is Breaking Banks. Next week is our 500th episode of Breaking Banks over the last 10 years. Brett is going to be embarrassed at the number of people that we had participate when we reached out and said, hey, we want to do some of the best of what's happened over the course of this time. And so he, JP, and I pulled some of our favorite guests that came in. We talked about the bloopers. We have so many messages this week. What we actually want to do is give you a sneak peek of what that episode is going to look like while it's all getting put together and pulled out some of our absolute favorites. So listen in both this week and next week for the 500th episode of Breaking Banks. But first, a segment from sister podcast, Finnovate. Hey, and welcome to the Finnovate podcast. Joining me today, we have Nicholas Balesis, VP of Growth and Partnerships of Fintech Insights. Nicholas, thanks so much for joining me today. Oh, it's a pleasure, Greg. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So for anybody who's just tuning in, obviously, you can go and see the full video of what they demoed on a stage in London at finnovate.com slash videos. But Nicholas, for those of us who haven't seen it, can you please just start by going through a little bit about what Fintech Insights is all about? Yeah, of course. So uh, at Fintech Insights, what we do is uh, we provide the industry with a digital banking a market research platform uh, that's analyzing the digital offerings of banks, fintechs, uh, and credit unions across the U.S. and uh, worldwide. Cool. Yeah, no, and for anybody who's actually seen the demo, this might be slightly redundant, but um, can you get into a little bit more detail on what exactly you mean when you're talking about competitive analysis? You know, what, what kinds of pieces are you looking at when you're looking at the landscape? Yeah, definitely. So pretty much through Fintech Insights, what we're analyzing is from A to Z, what the banks, fintechs, and credit unions are offering, uh, how they offer it, how well they offer it, uh, all while providing the ability to be able to benchmark against the market uh, and organize your product roadmap uh, to implement your digital banking strategies. So for example, we can see how a Bank of America customer would sign up for an account online or maybe how a Schwab customer would trade a share of a stock. Uh, but again, anything that's being covered there on the retail side of banking, we are uh, capturing and analyzing from A to Z. Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty comprehensive tool based on the, the demo that you were able to deliver there in terms of the number of things that you look at. Do you have a sense of you know how many different kind of touch points you guys can actually go and, and analyze? I mean, obviously, some of the big ones that you just talked about, customer onboarding, how you conduct a transaction, but how deep are you able to go here? I'd say there's something about uh, around half a million uh, different individual user journeys that we could uh, see within the platform. Uh, and those are constantly being added to as we're you know, adding new institutions uh, uh, into the platform. Yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty impressive. So, um, you know, obviously, pro most of the banks that are engaging with you, I'm, I'm sure are doing so because they're conscious that they want to be competitive in the landscape. They want to be able to uh, make sure that they're not falling behind. How do you have, build in the flexibility for those who maybe come in and find out that they're sort of way ahead of the curve? You know, they're already in that kind of top 10% or maybe more, more likely is the opposite side where they kind of log in and say, oh my God, we're really far behind all of our competitors. 
Yeah. So, um, so let's sort of clear the air on it. Really, all the banks, fintechs, and credit unions uh, who we engage with, uh, they're really committed and invested in enhancing their digital banking offerings. Really, that's the biggest qualifier here. Um, they're looking to make their product development uh, process faster, and they're looking to reduce the risk during this process. So, uh, you know, starting with some of the banks, let's say, that are behind, first, what they have to really do is understand what they have to achieve for market parity, first and foremost. Um, and they got to do this without having to redesign what they've already sort of released out there. Uh, after they've accomplished this, then they can start to begin to differentiate themselves uh, after that parity has been achieved. The innovators, though, it's a little bit of a different approach. Uh, really, what they have to do is quickly uncover those unmet customer needs uh, where any of those potential market gaps are. Uh, and with its data through FinTech Insights, it's really allowing them to get to market with these products faster. And they're also really de-risking that whole process, uh, You know, releasing sort of a substandard uh, feature that's supposedly innovative uh, that's already really been solved for or addressed by the market uh, can become a death sentence. Uh, you know, I always like to say first impressions are everything. Uh, you know, even if you're leading the market uh, and leading the pack, the stakes are high and someone's always going to be nipping at your heels. So you really have to differentiate uh, in terms of your features and your experience. Yeah, I mean, the, the product sort of assumes this you know competitive landscape, which, of course, is the reality that, you know, the com- uh, companies are competing for customer attention. They're competing to offer the best customer experience. Have you ever had it where somebody comes in and thinks to themselves, oh, my God, we're so far behind that we don't even think it's worth trying anymore. I mean, is that, is that something that you've seen people who are kind of that discouraged by it? Or are there things that you can do to kind of help soften that blow or help kind of lay out a path to, you know, here's how you can actually recover this situation? Yeah, so I really think the great thing is that the, Individuals, again, that we're engaged with, they've really made that uh, effort and commitment to say that we're going to go ahead and make a change. Um, We do have tools within the platform to be able to achieve this easier as well. Um, Something that we can do is really segment for portions of the market. Let's say we want to achieve parity with 90 to 100% of the market. We can see exactly what features are being offered by that 90 to 100%, and we can sort of work our way down. Let's say we want to go 80 to 100% of the market now. So they can take it step by step. They don't have to go all at once. They can focus on what's most important uh, to implement and then kind of take their way down from there. Yeah, and I think that's a really cool piece. So, you know, for uh, I'd like to get into kind of the the support that you offer when it comes to actually engaging with some of the solutions. You, you're talking about de-risking some of the um, in- innovations and, and the engagement with some of those new technologies. Can you expand on that a little bit and talk about you know, how you're able to kind of take some of that risk out of the equation? Yeah, so really by seeing exactly how other real banking institutions, credit unions, fintechs have implemented a particular vendor technology live, uh, it gives them that sense that, okay, this is what's achievable. This is what it's going to look like. This is what the feel might be. It's going to improve decision-making. And at the end of the day, right, what's happening is a lot of individuals might be out there developing blind. They release that feature to the market. It's already obsolete and there's really no engagement. That's going to go ahead and push the product roadmap back because they've got to bring that right back to the drawing table and restart. Uh, what we're able to do is make sure that through this uh, benchmarking, through this research, they can see what they're releasing is already going to be a top-notch feature and it keeps that product roadmap chugging along uh, and allows them to maybe even implement more features that they want to release in terms of their strategy because they have the time for it. Yeah, and no, I think that's one of those really cool pieces. Now, I want to be clear on something because you're not actually recommending specific companies to engage with, right? You don't necessarily have a dog in that fight. You're just sort of saying this is you know how somebody else is doing it. Here's what you want to think about doing if you want to be uh, competitive with them. Um, but do you actually engage with fintechs at all or recommend uh, specific companies to 
uh, the, the companies to the banks that you're working with? So it's a great question. I think that the best thing for us to do is be able to point to the objective data. Uh, if they have a question for us and they want to say, okay, well, we're looking at particular implementations that we may want to go in uh, and evaluate, we're going to point them in the right direction and show them this is how it's been implemented by X, Y, and Z. Uh, we do work with many providers as well. So we don't want to, let's say, throw our hat in the ring in there. We want to give them the objective data to make those decisions uh, for their own personal strategies. Yeah, no, that makes sense as well. Um, so in looking at kind of the, the innovation ecosystem, the fintech innovation ecosystem, how do you engage with that side of the community? Um, or is it something which you kind of just are, are willing to sort of wait and see what they will um, kind of spit out? What what other companies, what other banks are looking at and saying, you know, we've adopted this one? Because um, the question, I think, really comes down to, obviously, benchmarking yourself against what your competitors are doing is really useful and really important. But it does mean that there's never that sort of push outside of what's been done before, right? The sort of outside the box thinking. And I think there's the, um, you know, obviously bankers have the reputation for not necessarily wanting to go first with uh, a new piece of technology. But there are significant rewards for those companies who kind of take that chance sometimes and say, we're going to try something that's never been done before. How does... Fintech Insights account for that, um, you know, that kind of out there idea that nobody's currently engaging with. Yeah, so going back to what we said about segmenting with uh, portions of the market to achieve parity, we also have that same ability to go and understand what's the niche offering within the marketplace. So the same way that we segmented, let's say, 75 to 100% of our market uh, to see what's offered, we can see what does only a quarter of this marketplace implement live. Uh, and then from there, you can start to pick and choose based on member or customer feedback, uh, trends that you've analyzed, or again, just that digital strategy that the bank or credit union has internally on what sort of features they want to bring to the customers and members. Uh, so they can quickly identify all of those innovative and niche features uh, out there right through the platform. Yeah, and I think that's a really important piece as well. Um, so I'm curious about the response that you got. Obviously, you resonated really well with the audience there in, in London up on that stage. They uh, really liked what you were showing them. What kind of response did you get at the booth when you're actually talking to some of the, the banks who were there, were you able to, were you finding that a lot of them were really interested and engaged with what you had to say? Were a lot of them kind of willing to take the test, so to speak, and see where they stacked up? I think the first thing that we saw was a lot of wide eyes. Um, and that was especially because just understanding that this kind of data does exist out there, especially on an international sort of uh, banking level. There's a lot of innovators across the globe from some of the larger uh, banking institutions to a lot of these challengers and neobanks. Uh, and getting your eyes on uh, those innovative features sometimes can be difficult. So uh, I think there's a lot of traction in just saying, hey, I really want to see exactly what XYZ competitor or XYZ innovators doing because I haven't had that uh, vision into that just yet. So I think, uh, you know, expanding that knowledge base is something that, uh, you know, the, the digital banking community is always looking to achieve and do. And uh, we sort of sparked that interest there uh, with our demonstration. How are the banks looking? I mean, based on what you've seen, the ones you come up there, are they, and this is where you get into maybe some discussions about sort of regional pride, you know, how uh, I think anybody in the fintech space will tell you that their own region is light years ahead of everybody else, whether they're coming from North America or from Europe or from Asia or from elsewhere. Um, and, and so how were the the banks that you were able to connect with and kind of put through the um, put through the system? How are they stacking up? 
Yeah, that's uh, it, it's a really interesting question here, and uh, and it's funny because just the perspectives that let's say across the pond uh, is had about the U.S. or uh, North American banking versus the European uh, U.K. sort of banking side. Uh, I would say that definitely a lot of the innovations are coming from the European side. There's a lot of challenger banks, obviously, you know individuals like Revolut N26 who made uh, big pushes into uh, the European market are driving a lot of innovation in terms of features, ability to open accounts, uh, you know, getting money across borders and so on. And I think that the you know, US side is seeing that their fintech space is niche and they have some really powerful players there. Uh, but in terms of from the banking side, I think that the, uh, let's say, high street and legacy banks in the US uh, can learn a lot from those uh, challengers out in, in Europe. Yeah, I mean, I, I hate to say it, but that kind of lines up with my my expectation. Unfortunately, you know, I think that uh, there are certainly, you know, we've been aware at Finnovate for a number of years now of some of the really cool things that are happening and some of the ways that customers are being engaged and some of the new offerings. And, and um, there, there's some really fun stuff that's out there. Um, so I think there maybe is a little bit of a challenge. And I would encourage anybody coming from, you know, well, obviously from a European bank as well, but from an American bank to engage with FinTech Insights and sort of see how far uh, ahead some of those competitors are and also see what are some of the quick wins that that you could potentially come in and and get right away so um, I, I'd like to end the the conversation by kind of zooming out a little bit um obviously you know the we're talked a lot about the competitive landscape here how do you think that competitive landscape is going to unfold from here we've got so many challengers so many people kind of pushing each other which is really great um but at some point, will we get to a, a place where we'll see, you know, kind of a, a feature consolidation where everybody's really offering the same kind of services with just slightly different logos or slightly different processes? Or will we kind of see a continuation of the current track that we're on where you kind of have these technology haves and technology have nots? Um, what's your view on kind of how the, the landscape will unfold from here? Yeah. So I really think the big bet for something like this is, uh, I guess really increasing the customer engagement and stickiness. Uh, largest challenge really here is how to fully serve uh, your customers, not only their financial needs, uh, but how to really prevent them from needing to go elsewhere to be fully served digitally. Uh, we've really seen this trend starting out in Asia of super apps, really combining merchant services, banking features, social media, uh, communications, all under one platform. Uh, and there's only really so much wallet share to go around. Uh, so the big players are going to have to make a decision. Uh, they really are going to either continue hemorrhaging wallet share uh, or they're going to start consolidating that fintech space and bringing them under their wing. And I guess we've you know already seen a little bit of movement happening here in the West uh, with talks even you know Elon trying to revive his dream of X.com through Twitter. Uh, looks like that roadmap forward might be uh, more capabilities inside of one space uh, for the customer to go to. Yeah, and I think uh, I think that's going to be really interesting to watch because, and I think you know it's important, and a lot of people recognize this, but it really is a dramatically shifting landscape right now. It's an increasingly competitive landscape, and there are challengers coming not only from inside the financial industry but from outside as well. And so it really is important to make sure that you are aware of what's out there. And it's, again, really clear to see why your demo resonated so well with our audience in London. Well, um, again, go on to finnovate.com slash videos. You can find the FinTech Insights by Scientia demo from London. Uh, check out and see those full seven minutes yourselves. Um, Nicholas, thanks so much for taking some time to chat with me today. Um, it's been a real pleasure watching this, this technology unfold. And congratulations on that best of show win. Appreciate it, Greg, and it's always a pleasure uh, meeting and chatting with you. 
This show is brought to you by Alloy Labs. As much as we love talking on the show, we believe that action is more valuable than talk. Alloy Labs is the industry leader in helping fearless bankers drive exponential growth through collaboration, exclusive partnerships, and powerful network effects that give them an unfair advantage. Learn more at AlloyLabs.com. Alloy Labs. Banking Unbound. Breaking Banks, you merit the number one award for the ultramarathon of fintech podcasts. 10 years and 500 episodes. Nobody else has done it. Plus, you are the only podcast that is both multi-host and multi-guest. I love that unique format. I love the fact that you're a bit retro. You have a radio show. Nobody else does. It's broadcast every Thursday on Voice of America. And at the same time, you're always a tad provocative. I love the dose of wittiness and and humor and being punchy and provocative in your episodes. These 10 years, I've watched you the last eight years very closely. I'd never forget the launch of Breaking Banks Europe, participated twice. It was a delight. And the only thing that I think is ahead and I await is some accessory from Breaking Banks. What do I imagine? I imagine a collaboration with an eyewear brand to launch frames for glasses that are branded Breaking Banks. And then I'll be first in line for that frame to see the world through your eyes. Breaking Banks, 500 episodes. I cannot believe it. Congratulations, guys, on everything that you have done. And for the next 500 episodes and more, I'm sure it will continue to be as fabulous as always. I still remember the first time that Brat asked me to come on the show quite a few years ago now. I think we were talking about longevity and fintech. It was such an amazing feeling and it is still an amazing feeling every time when I get to come back on it and talk to you all. So congratulations once again, happy 500 and here's to many, many more 500 to come. The first time I've heard of Breaking Banks corresponds to the first time that I used the Twitter. It was uh, May 2015. I was in New York uh, with a friend, April Rudin, and she taught me how to use Twitter. So I just made my first tweet. And a colleague picked it up saying, uh, are you in New York? I said, yes, I am. What are you? And he said, well, I'm going to listen to uh, Brett King, the host of uh, Breaking Banks podcast. So I said, okay, I'm coming. That's when I met Brett King the first time. Two months after I was on his show and had my story that was central to one of my books, Fintech Innovation. The title was My iPod that was a robot advisor that I had the chance to explain also to Steve Wozniak when I met him a few years afterwards. 
And um, ever since I've been listening to Breaking Banks, many people ask me, I had the chance of becoming a, a co-host of Breaking Banks Europe. So sitting on the other side of the microphone, listening to people's opinions that we broadcast everywhere in the world. So it is with great emotion that uh, I share this message uh, to basically celebrate the 500 episode of Breaking Banks podcast, the number one podcast in the world. I'm Spiros Megares of Megares Ventures. I would like to say a few words about Breaking Banks and Brett King. It's a fantastic show, probably the leader in its space globally for almost 10 years. I listen to it a lot whenever I can. I gain a lot of insights from the fantastic guests on his show that share generously their knowledge. It made me a better investor in the fintech space and in general through listen to those guests and to listen to what Brett had to say. I want to thank Brett King and his team for having provided us with such so much knowledge on banking, financial services, on AI, on fintech, primarily on fintech, but all plays into one. Thanks again for having me. Thanks again for having us all. And thanks for sharing this platform to all of us to listen and become more knowledgeable in the process. Spiros McGarris. Hey there, everyone. This is John Best. I'm the host of The Big Cast, which is a podcast about fintech stuff, author of Breaking Digital Gridlock, and the CEO of Best Innovation Group. But today, I've got the honor and privilege to be part of a significant milestone. We're here to celebrate a remarkable achievement in the world of fintech and banking. I remember talking to Brett about his program, Breaking Banks, all those years ago and what he wanted to do with it. What he said was he wanted to disrupt the way we talk about, think about, and handle banking. Today, as we commemorate the 500th episode of this groundbreaking show, it's clear he's done just that. Banking is a field that's pretty resistant to change, but Brett, he's been a trailblazer, sparking critical conversations about the future of finance and ensuring that the industry never stops moving forward. As a matter of fact, at most financial institutions that we work with here at Big, his books are required reading. His impact has been nothing short of transformative. The journey so far for me has been enlightening. Being part of the show, being a friend of Brett's, even getting to co-host some of the shows is always an enriching experience. So here's the Brett King, a man who's not just breaking banks, but breaking barriers and leading the charge towards a future of finance that's more open, inclusive, and of course, innovative. Brett, Congratulations on this amazing milestone. And here's the 500 more episodes of Breaking Banks. Keep pushing, keep questioning, and of course, keep those books coming. This is John Best signing off. Until next time, folks, stay disruptive. This is best-selling science fiction author and futurist Kevin J. Anderson with a hearty round of congratulations to 10 years and 500 episodes of Breaking Banks. That's more stability than any financial market I know. Breaking Banks and its irrepressible host, Brett King, has always been imaginative, thought-provoking, serious, frightening, entertaining, sometimes opinionated, always insightful. Brett likes to tackle big ideas with his guests and follow them to the next consequence and the next. His ability to see the big picture with its attendant warnings and reassurances has been key to broader understanding of trends and the future of finance from a worldwide perspective. Once again, Brett, hearty congratulations.
Hi, this is Vincent Bach, head of marketing at FIS. I wanted to offer my congratulations to Brett King and the Breaking Banks team. Early in my career, if I wanted to learn more or get inspired about a fintech topic, I'd turn to Breaking Banks. When others got inspired and wanted to share that spark, they'd send me a link to Breaking Banks. Breaking Banks created the spark that lit a thousand fires in the world of fintech. There isn't a startup or innovation idea that can't be traced to some idea seeded by Brett, the topics he covered, and the conversation he has had over the last 500 episodes. Congratulations to the entire Breaking Banks team. 500 episodes is a milestone everyone would envy. And now, you're not just the spark. You have become a cornerstone of the industry. Wishing you and your team the same fortune for the next 500 episodes. Hey, this is Costa Peric, Deputy Director for Financial Services for the Poor at the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Brett King and I are partners in crime, uh, excuse me, innovation <laughs> since 2008. And since then, I've been keeping in touch with him through the Breaking Bad, uh, no, Breaking Banks <laughs> podcast uh, that uh, I follow religiously because it is the source, uh, one of the prime sources of if you want to learn about what's innovative and what's coming up in financial services. Uh, be it from, you know, going from the bare metal payments all the way to uh, uh, you know, uh, quite evolved financial services and insurance services. Um, I've been also using the show uh, as an incubator for ideas. Brett and I chatted at several occasions about some ideas in the scope of financial inclusion, and he was kind enough to air uh, these ideas and, and put together panels of great people to talk about it. And truly, it was impactful for me and helpful for me to very quickly gather uh, expert advice on how I should go about it. So for me, Breaking Banks over the years not only has been a source of, you know, uh, you know to keep track of innovation, but really almost like an incubator uh, for some of my ideas. So for that, uh, thank you, Brett and team. Congratulations on the 500. And I wish there is many more to come. Congratulations to Brett King and Breaking Banks on episode number 500. Brett has been transforming the banking industry for more than a decade now, and in that time, Breaking Banks has gone from strength to strength. Here's looking forward to another 500 episodes, Brett. Breaking Banks, congratulations on your 500th episode. There's nothing better, and I hear about Breaking Banks everywhere, even when I'm talking to fintech fans in Shanghai. Hey, look. One of the things that I remember best is doing an episode with you guys about the digital yuan. And you know what your guys had me do? I had to go out on the street and get background audio recordings all of Shanghai. It was a blowout. So congratulations on the 500th episode, and I hope for 500 more.
Wow, 500 breaking banks. What can I say? Happy birthday. Chloe James here, Group Director of Media and Comms for Specialist Data-Driven Financial Services Insights Provider, RFI Global. Check us out. Also, former Sky News anchor and love a stage. Think Money 2020, Finnovate, Cybos, Inner Tribe, Singapore Fintech Festival. Really honoured for the call-up to share some of my feelings about breaking banks at this fantastic milestone. Such an awesome fintech-focused radio show and podcast, the inaugural before so many have followed in its footsteps. Breaking Banks really hits the heart of what it's all about to me. It's carefully thought out conversations, controversial, it's honest, it's so authentic, real, raw, fun. We have a lot of fun. Insightful, it challenges the norm. It's been a platform for so many to talk about change and the need for change. A focus on the customer, the industry, traditional, emerging and now emerged and how they all play in the space the COVID years and what that did for banking and for fintech and for life and the unstoppable acceleration of digital in all its forms. A couple of anecdotes I wanted to share. The first time I saw Brett, as I mentioned a few years later on stage in Singapore while I was interviewing him, was in about 2016 in Vegas. He walked past me, it was recognisable by that signature raised eyebrow and awesome trainers and I was too nervous to say hi. We did then connect and I realised that he was super down to earth with a steely-eyed focus on creating great content in the fintech space. He and Breaking Banks were there on the cusp of its boom. I was lucky enough to become a co-host along with some awesome peers and now friends I've met via Brett, co-hosted with Jason Henricks, JP Nichols, Lita Glyptus, Dave Birch and Jim Maroos, a great friend of mine and my husband's who they have a football baseball thing going on. Highlights are interviewing the likes of uh, John Hope Bryant from Operation Hope. I loved chatting with him. Sam Kilmer at Cornerstone Advisors, such an incredible guy. James Robert Lay, author of Banking on Digital Growth. Um, James Robert Lay was incredible, such a forward-thinking individual. Through Breaking Banks, I have met such interesting people and it's been a real honour. On a personal note, highlights are Brett and his wonderful wife, Katie, flying overnight from a speaking gig in Portugal, I believe, to head immediately up to Canadian cottage country for my wedding in 2019. I think they're in Toronto for about 15 hours. And a month or so later, inviting me to co-host the 300th episode with my one-month-old baby daughter sleeping in my arms as I hosted. I love Brett's completely equal support of fintech, family, business and life. And I really wanted to share that having the support of Brett and the Branking Banks team has just always been incredible. So here's cheers to the next 500. I can't wait to hear what we're chatting about then. Thanks, Brett. 500 shows. Let's uh, give the team at Provoke and Brett a big congratulations Woo-hoo. for making it a reality. Well done, Brett. And well, well done. Well done. Well team done. at Provoke. Um, so, yeah, we talked a little bit about what's happened in the last 10 years in the first episode of the current season of Breaking Banks Asia. Uh, there's been a lot of change, a lot of, you know, different economic crises, the emergence of fintechs. But we also kind of build that episode as the more things change, the more they stay the same, meaning the fundamentals of banking haven't really changed that much in that time. So at every stage we see this innovation round, um, things like peer-to-peer lending early on and now through to crypto, and with each wave of innovation comes regulation and then a shift in the playing field where sometimes the big banks still stay on top. But I think in the 10 years that uh, Breaking Banks has been running, ultimately what customers can expect from banking 
has fundamentally changed. So it was Brett that was among the first pointing out that we'd all be doing our banking via a mobile device back when banks were still spending big dollars on branches and concierges and talking about that's where the service would be. So, Simon, how do you think breaking banks help shape the financial services world we have today? Yeah, great question. I I was at NAB and then later I worked at ANZ and CBA when Brett was starting off to grow you know, breaking banks. Um, it was an inspired name. It was a bit controversial and even provocative at, at, at the time. Um, I didn't realise actually the connection to provoke FM until this very moment. But, you know, 10 years on, I realised that. The idea that banking could be done without a branch was pretty radical at the time. Uh, I remember the conversations being had, had at NAB you know, when I was there. Um, it polarised many people um, and everyone seemed to have an opinion. Some agreed, some didn't. You know, some couldn't even see this as something that could happen. It was just too big and too radical a shift. But I think after that and what happened with mobile banking, at first eclipsing the web and then ultimately replacing branches for most things, Brett and his team definitely started to get people's attention. People then immediately started asking, what do you see next? Yeah, and this in itself I think was a significant milestone for breaking banks. The other thing, of course, is Brett's work in Movin and Breaking Bank's ongoing coverage of the you know, other fintechs like you know, Bank Simple and, 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 and others. Um, it spawned a healthy copycat business in digital banking. Um, and there was always going to be a, it was a race to copy or adapt the innovations that were coming out of those emerging platforms into mainstream banking. And, of course, this is something that continues to this day. Yeah, and all along the way, it's been Brett and the team at Provoke that have really been pushing the envelope and talking about, you know, what's coming next right through to, you know, their Futurist podcast now, Brett's like latest book, um, The Rise of Techno-Socialism, this idea that, you know, we're really on the cusp of an AI being able to tell us what we need from a financial services point of view and certainly big data and machine learning already pricing products like insurance and, you know, playing a big role in banking over time. And we've also got this huge emerging carbon market. So, you know, about to talk about this on the next issue of Breaking Banks Asia, India, the most populous country in the world, about to, you know, jump into the carbon market world and, you know, fintechs and banks having to play a role there and continuing this idea of Southeast Asia where we've got this huge unbanked population which continues to drive a lot of innovation, a lot of rapid change in the sector. So I guess, Simon, will Asia lead the next decade of change, do you think? Look, undeniably, Asia already has in many ways. Ant Financial, you know, the building of a complete social media-enabled financial ecosystem, you know, bringing game mechanics into banking, you know, it was an experiment at an extraordinary scale that continues to evolve. The adoption of DeFi, you know, Bitcoin, smart contracts in Asia, I think, is going to be a really exciting uh, thing to watch. Um, and, of course, AI-enabled financial services to improve returns and also improve the lives of billions of people across India, China, and the wider region. It's got enormous potential at a social, economic, and a wider political level. I think there's plenty to keep an eye on across the landscape. Asia is enormously diverse, with mature, established economies butting up against much more dynamic and, dare I say it, less regulated environments. I, you know, I'm thinking of our recent show on Myanmar in particular. This diversity does create a real crucible within which a lot of ideas are getting explored, refined, sifted. I think it's a near certainty that some of these are going to emerge as the future of financial services. That's it for another week of the world's number one fintech podcast and radio show, Breaking Banks. 
This episode was produced by our US-based production team, including producer Lisbeth Severins, audio engineer Kevin Hersham, with social media support from Carlo Navarra and Sylvie Johnson. If you like this episode, don't forget to tweet it out or post it on your favorite social media, or leave us a five-star review on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Facebook, or wherever it is that you listen to our show. Those actions help other people find our podcast, and in return, that helps us build an audience that can be supported by sponsorship so we can continue to provide you with our award-winning content every week. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you on Breaking Banks next week.